0: I'm great. How are you?
1: Good. Now, this is a story that may or may not break today. Uh, there's a, a Learjet apparently flying to Toronto from Anaheim that has everybody a uh, titter. Um, so in your living room in that big chair uh, that's probably too big and too old and your wife would get like to get rid of it, uh, tell us your thoughts on Otani to Toronto as a possibility.
0: As a Jays fan, I'm very reluctant to get excited. I I really am. To me, the guy's injured all the time. I don't think anybody's worth that. He's never played a playoff game. Those are three things that just bounce into my head right away. And I got to be honest, having somebody like that on a team that's trying to win, he's at this point, thanks to the media and social media at this moment, Becoming larger than life, and I think it's really hard to win with somebody who's larger than life on your roster in twenty twenty four.
1: And media does turn it into Beatlemania a little bit, right? Like Ohtani's a great player, but as you say, he won't pitch this year. And part of his appeal is that he can do that and hit. Now he's a hell of a hitter, but you know Juan Soto's now a Yankee. That might have been a, a an option for them, uh, and. The the, the odds of this story being bigger than it should be are fairly large just based on history and free agent signings. Fair?
0: I can't believe you said a little bit like Beatlemania. (laughs) It's ten times what Beatlemania was.
1: Well, we were young.
0: Yeah, it was big. This is big. Um, I just think that baseball is different than basketball. You know, you sign LeBron James there's a pretty good chance you might go to the NBA final. You sign somebody in the National Hockey League, there's a pretty good chance it could make a difference on your team. To me, baseball, it makes no difference. Absolutely none. The guy's only going to bat one out of nine times. You can't bat him more than that. You can't give him the ball more than that like you can in basketball. I just, I just don't think the game lends itself to stars like that. I mean... Aaron Judge, you could argue, is one of the biggest stars in the game. Yankees were one of the worst teams in the American League this year. Baseball just is not skewed that way. And I think anybody who's watched it for for an amount of time knows that you can't win with one guy. It just can't happen. And it's not like he's bringing in veteran experience. I mean, I know he'll be 30 years old this season, but the guy's never won anything. He certainly can't talk to you about winning.
1: Well, he's played on terrible teams. This isn't a terrible team. So, in fairness to the Jays, they're, they're looking for him to, I think, bat between Bichette and Guerrero like righty, lefty, righty, um, and he'll have a defined role. The concern that, that one has is A, injury, and B, this is sort of like a, an all in move for management. If it goes south, it'll go south every day in bold print. And you know what media is like it'll be loud.
0: That's a good point, and while you were talking, I did think of something that may skew to a positive, and that maybe, and I don't know, but I think it's possible, maybe Bichette and Guerrero, and I know Chapman's gone, but those guys maybe feel a lot of pressure to be the guys. And maybe, just maybe, if he did that in that spot in the order, maybe that pressure would go away. Maybe all eyes would be on him. Now, I assume Bichette and Guerrero wouldn't act like spoiled kids and, and care about that. So that I, I can see that as a possible positive, but i got to tell you, if you told me 10 years from now we were going to look back as the greatest move in Blue Jays history, I would be stunned.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Let's talk a little about the Oilers. They've turned it around 7-3-0 and under the new coach. Uh, they're not in a playoff spot but they're they 're migrating towards the playoffs as time goes on. But you can get fooled as we did earlier in the year when they were so bad now they 're very good um if if we're estimating this team now, they obviously need another goaltender, and their system seems to be really helping out the defensive side is there would you just run with this team until the deadline and then see what you need aside from a goalie or maybe just call out Jack Campbell? Or would you still be in pursuit of some additions?
0: Well, I have a question. What do you mean we got fooled? What,
1: well, what the, that mean? they were so bad with McDavid, not 100%. home, not 100%. A lot of people were saying they were going to miss the playoffs and this was a disaster. I don't know that you can say that now. It looks like because McDavid is healthy... Uh, they did change the coach, but the goaltending has improved. It looks like they will at least be a playoff team. And so the the initial uh, thought process that this team was an abject failure, maybe they were just hindered and not playing well and changed the defensive system and the goaltending went south. Those things have, have changed.
0: There you go. So it took you a long answer to get there, but you said defensive system. That's the only thing that's changed now. They've finally committed to not letting the goalie see as many harmful pucks. And there's a difference between, you know, pucks that matter and pucks that don't. And they finally decided that they they they're gonna play defense and see how that goes. Well I don't have it in front of me, but it said something that the op- they scored outscored the opposition twenty seven to eight over the last however many games. That's a hell of a difference. That's the only difference. And the thing that I find strange about defense is You can work as hard as you want on offense, as hard as you want. And you may not score goals, but if you work your butt off on defense, you will not allow goals. It is as simple as that. You can prevent goals. And for some reason, don't ask me what the reason is. Maybe it's Paul Coffey. Maybe it's just a different vibe in the room. They've decided that not letting many pucks get to Stuart Skinner might be a good idea. Duh. Amazing how that turns out.
1: Steve Lansky, our guest. Let me ask you, though, because we've seen it in the past. I wrote about Evan Bouchard today, and his shot and goal uh, uh, suppression in the last five games has been tremendous. Uh, And the goal share has improved under the new coach. But, you know, teams, even without changing coaches or the things we've seen, they can do that in short spurts, but long-term bad habits can fall back into play. How confident are you that this team is going to be responsible now all year as they are currently?
0: It's a Good question. Um, I'm not sure. I think, you know, he said bad habits can fall back into play, and I'm trying to process that. I think if you decide as a group, the only way you can do this is as a group. That's the key component of anything I'm going to say right here. If you decide to do that as a group, if somebody bad habits one time, you're now not part of the group, and that's not going to go over well. And that's why great teams win, is when you do something stupid on defense, everybody, all the other five groups of eyes look at you going, hey, dude, don't do that again. That makes a big difference because – I don't want to use the word ostracized, but you are at that moment, and at that moment, oh, my bad, we're not going to let that happen again. It's a team mentality that once it becomes pervasive, and I'm not saying it is, but it is with champions once it becomes pervasive, it's actually hard to go the other way. It's hard not to be defensive minded, and that's kind of what i'm what I'm hoping is happening right now
1: the 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 division is is starting to come into view and the Los Angeles Kings are I mean they've won like 11 road games in a row. They look really good. Byfield looks like he's a real player. Kopitar and Doughty are ageless. Cam Talbot's playing well. Our our fears about Vegas maybe unfounded and maybe it's the Kings they should worry about. I guess we'll find out in the playoffs.
0: Well, I mean 11 games in a row is not that's not sustainable. But I think the Oilers' biggest problem right now how many games have they played out 23 I believe 23 thanks the biggest problem right now is they played 23 games and they didn't win enough of them that's the biggest problem so if you have a, a great finish uh, I'm not very good at math but I'm going to say 49 games are left if you if you have a great finish and and finish so strongly the problem is now you're getting into the playoffs and I guess it's 59 isn't it I guess you're getting into the playoffs, and you may not have anything left. And you'll look back and go, you know what? We blew this in October and half of November, and there's no way to get that back. That's the problem. It gets down close at the end. And says, oh, these are big two points. No, those are the same two points that they were in October. The problem is you didn't um, understand their importance in October, but you do now. But it's the same two points, and I think that's the biggest concern is that they played 23 games already.
1: Now I don't know, Steve. This is a media question. I hadn't planned on asking you, but it, it was on my timeline yesterday and on my blog. So I don't watch TNT like I don't watch their their broadcasts, uh, and I, they rarely do Oilers games. And obviously, I would get the local one. Uh, do you watch TNT and why? Because I the people I'm talking to or read about uh, who've, who've watched, they just love the coverage and they feel like America is passing Canada in terms of how hockey is presented. And I'm a little jealous because I love hockey so much. Uh, Have you seen TNT? Are they doing innovative things? And if so, why isn't the Canadian network copying it?
0: That's a long answer. Uh, First of all, I have to explain my prejudice. A good buddy of mine, podcast partner, Paul Hemming, directs uh, the lead game every week for TNT. So I'm a bit prejudiced in my answer. However, what... It all starts with an attitude, Al, and it starts with a discussion. And it starts with a what are we going to do for hockey that that hasn't been done before. And they have these discussions in boardrooms all over the place. Sportsnet had the discussion 10 years ago. I don't know if you remember, but when Sportsnet started, they had a puck wall. They had a studio with a goal. They had a two-level studio. They had all kinds of stuff that ended up costing too much money. And they had to basically pare it down until it was just, you know, two pucks in a stick. So TNT has decided we're going to do this the best way we can. And then when you bring in really bright minds, really creative minds, Paul Hemming is a really, really, really creative director. The guy's Canadian from London, Ontario. He should be directing in Canada. But he's not. He's directing in the United States. So when you bring in a bunch of creative people and say, hey, guys, do whatever you want, make it great, don't tee anybody off, and do the best things you can for television, well, you're going to get a great show. Sportsnet doesn't do that. And that's why TNT
1: is just zooming past Canada in that regard. It's, it's, it's noticeable now. Like the, 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 the product is the product is, you know, hockey's brilliant. It's a brilliant game, but this is, you know, this is a contract that, that based on, you know, where, where they're headed, the NHL isn't going to get the kind of money they got in the next deal that they got in this last deal. Is that fair?
0: Uh, from Sportsnet, sports you mean? From anybody. Uh, it probably. I don't really know. I'm, I'm not a big money guy. But I think it, it depends. It I don't know whether they'll get that money again. I mean, Sportsnet was so desperate to screw over TSN, there's no other way to put it, that they grossly outbid and then thought, well, we'll make that back somehow. Well, all the genius executives who were there at the time, they're all long gone, retired, on the European tour, golf. They're... They're, they're scattered to the wind. They couldn't care less. But they grossly overpaid for it just to screw another network in Canada. That's never a recipe for success. In fact, it's quite juvenile, to be honest.
1: Wow. Bringing out the word that we only get in media when we've really screwed up.
0: I thought
1: it was appropriate, so I pulled it out. I, I juvenile was used on me once in my life, and I've never forgotten it. And the guy was right, and I, <laughs> it, it drove me nuts. Um, so what's what's Lansky looking for uh, from the NHL over Christmas? Are you are you worried about the Toronto Maple Leafs goaltending? Are you worried about the Oilers' state of mind? What's 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 what are you looking for or looking at right now?
0: I think this is a great a great time to be an Oilers fan, especially when you go from, you know, we had talked about this early in the year, you go from the heights of, ooh, they were close last year, to the depths of whatever that was for the first month and a half. This is a pretty fun time to be an Oilers fan. When you watch that game the other night, two goals in 41 seconds? Are you kidding me? No. That's, that, hey, that's pretty exciting. So, it it's great to be the fan of a good team. It's great, it's better to be the fan of a team that absolutely sucked a month and a half ago and now they look like they may be one of the best teams in the national league so that to me is the most exciting part uh, of anything right now is to just watch and just see how much better this team can get and if they can sustain it because i think it's it's possible i really do
1: i love it lansky thank you appreciate it